Time for another episode of Competitive Edge, as usual, brought to you by esportsbet.io. So many options for the World Championship uh, to get some good stuff going on their website while we uh, talk about these games and make some predictions. If you guys are interested, as usual, the 50,000 DJT sign-up bonus is still there. Make an account using the referral link below. Go to their Discord, also linked below. Message ModMail, the little finger, say we sent you, and guess what? You guys just get 50,000 DJT, which you can use to play for free to win real money throughout Worlds, the Counter-Strike Major, till the end of the year. A great deal. Another cool promotion that we have, which is going to be very useful with some of the odds that we're going to be discussing today, because there are going to be some flyers out there, is that now you can get a $200 loss bonus from us. If it's your first time on using the website and you deposit some crypto and you lose 200 bucks, all you do is, again, go to the Discord, mod mail, message them, say that Thorne and Monty sent you, Inside on Esports sent you, and guess what? They'll just credit the $200 back to your account. It is an excellent time to take a crazy flyer, guys. It is a really, 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 really good time to go ahead and do that. And uh, speaking of some crazy flyers, uh, now, not knowing the meta... Uh, did hurt us this past week, and uh, we did make a lot of predictions because if you guys don't know, another great announcement to get out right now, we are live viewing every single game on my channel, twitch.tv slash Monte Cristo. Thorne will be joining me sometimes. Doa, uh, you know, we're going to fly Wolf over from Korea. We have other guests. We've had a bunch of people call in already. It's a party. I have great production value. We're going to be sitting on a couch. We've got all these green screens. It's really fun. A uh, bunch of you guys have been watching that already, but if you haven't, go ahead and follow my channel, Monte Cristo, on Twitch. We've been making a lot of predictions uh, over on that channel as well. So this has led to, by the way, just to be clear, so far around $1,500 loss because of some crazy upsets. And unfortunately, I really all in against Fnatic when I heard that they were not going to have their players there oh, of course, yes. <laughs> for the first couple of days. Um, because of course they beat EG right in their first game with no practice and no players, even though I got crazy good odds on them. And of course they, uh, beat detonation focus me. And of course they lost to the Brazilian team in the end that threw mega hard against G, but we also had some distinct victories, uh, since the last version of competitive edge. And I just want to show you something that you guys can do, which I think is really good. So as you can see this right here. With Detonation Focus Me at almost 7.5 odds. These were live odds in game one versus RNG. This was a game that DFM was winning and had 7.5 odds. And so I just went ahead and put 200 bucks because obviously, you know, the plus on this is absolutely insane. You get almost $1,300 back in terms of payout. And here's what I also did, guys. Later in that game, when RNG was the underdog, I, at 4.1, I put 200 bucks on them just in case DFM threw. I was going to come out. I, I spent 400, right. but I was going to come out with a fuck ton of money either way. And so as you guys are watching our watch parties, you'll see us use tactics like this and give advice. Because if you did exactly what I did, you would have ended up $1,100 up just straight up. And it didn't matter who won that game. So there are tactics you can use and deploy right. in these situations, and especially with the live odds that you're going to see on our watch parties. That you can you, hedge as well. Basically, you can hedge really hard um, if you're smart and you're like, "Well, this game state is even, but this team has 7.5 odds and they have a better scaling composition. There's a chance they can win here, right?" 
So you can you can hedge in these situations. So you'll see more of these these kind of predictions being made and other stuff you will enjoy. And as we discussed on the last episode of Competitive Edge 2, there is now the opportunity to place outright predictions. So, for example, as we showed last time, if you go over here and there's this esports tab, you just scroll your little way down. There's an outright tab at the bottom and you can just go ahead and pick the world champion right now. Top, Gen.G, and JDG already have the same odds. We already put 3,000 down onto Gen.G. And if you go down to the bottom here, uh, you can see that there's a little fun one we're going to do in the world's group stage, which is there's a bunch of crazy outright bets. JDG has more wins than Gen.G in the first week. Perhaps you believe that. But here's one. An LPL team always gets eliminated, guys, in group stage. Oh, you can put 2,000 on that because <laughs> it's at 2.5 odds. That feels good. That's, that's something that almost always happens. Some LPL team inevitably going to make mistakes. Give us that up. I mean, um, it's like we talked about on Summoning Insight. The whole premise of why is because they, one of the best things about the LPL is that they play to the style of their team or what yeah. they think's right. But that also means when they're wrong, they play to the style of their team or yep. they think it's right and they just double down and lose. Could be LGD, could be FPX last year, the IG and Season 5. There's a whole bunch that have been legendary sure. for this. Yeah. And not, not to mention that even though RNG is in one of the weaker groups or probably the weakest group overall, um, the fact that Gen G is likely to be super dominant there, and because I haven't been watching PCS, maybe Flying Oyster 100 Thieves can steal a couple games against RNG. RNG lost a game pretty convincingly to Detonation Focus Me, which is how we got all that money back. Um, so there are there are chances here. Let's let's put it that way. And one of them I think will probably come up. Uh, also, guys, we're playing with this USDT for you. So until the end of group stage, our winnings are going to give you winnings. So when we win money, you will have a chance to win it or we will distribute it to your accounts on our watch parties. So watch our watch parties. The better we do, you guys are going to get free money to predict with. We also have things like if we hit certain milestones, we'll do like a Team Thorn versus Team Monty show match. We have we, we we're we're thinking about doing these big dick energy trophies, some like super sick trophies to actually make in physical form and send to the players who are competing at the world championship. They're obviously not shaped like dicks. That goes without saying. It's just a <laughs> saying, you know. They're shaped like penis euphemisms. Okay, in there you modern go. culture. There, there you go. go. But something they're... that you could still, in theory, put on your mantelpiece <laughs> without being too silly. Exactly. They're funny. Uh, guys, yes. the design's very funny. So if we win enough money, we'll be doing that for you guys as well. And we will give them out starting in on Summoning Insight for the, the show after groups. So there's lots and lots of fun stuff uh, if we do well. All of our winnings from this 50,000 USDT that has been put in my and Thorin's accounts will go to winnings that you guys uh, will take part in. So it's part of the watch parties. Why you want to come to our watch parties. It's why you want to join the Discord, etc. Um, so we picked LPL Limited in groups. Now what we're going to do is there are, first off, all games from the group stage are now up. All 48 games. So we are going to do another competitive edge halfway through the group stage. But if you think you have a good read, you may be able to get some crazy good odds throughout the oh, entirety sure. of yes. groups. Because they're going to normalize, obviously, after the yes. first round robin. Because we haven't seen these teams on this patch in this meta. Um, and that's going to be pretty important. 
obviously. That's why, by the way, if his this is this is the ultimate big brain move. If you can do it, if you can do this, you are actually playing five D Jenga. What you have to do is this, Monty. You have to be able to guess before the group even begins which LPL team will fail. Yeah. Because right now <laughs> yeah. they're going to be the big favorite in all those games, aren't they? So what you're going to do is you're going to go and you're going to find maybe it could be a C nine, it could be a rogue or something. Whoever you think is going to win. If you don't get it now, if they manage to lose like once in the group in a really horrible fashion, all those odds, like you say, are going to go way closer and people aren't going to bet them as the big favourites. You're not going to get it as the last game or whatever that they'll have the crazy odds. You, that's why you, yep. if you really want to, if you want an absolute flyer to just get the maximum odds, that's what you would do for your really crazy move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, um, we are going to be continuously placing wagers on these games because we're doing every single game on the watch party. So we're not going to hit them all right now. Uh, we're going to hit some that we think may have some good odds, most likely as upsets, uh, that may be a little bit tilted right now. You know, one of those examples is going to be uh, Fnatic versus Cloud9, which is the very first game of groups where Cloud9, the reigning LCS champions, is coming in. Fnatic looked a little bit dodgy in playoffs, but frankly, they came into play-ins looking much stronger with their substitute support player than most people would have thought. Loud was actually not a bad team. They were playing very simple, like, ultimate cooldown front-to-back team fighting comps, which... You have to outplay. Like, there's a lot of downtime between those cooldowns to outplay them, but they force you to beat them in a way, and they were very good at running that. And also, Loud should have beat EG also. Like, this is a very different group. If Loud wins that EG game, then they would have had to play, like, a first-place tiebreaker against Fnatic, potentially. So I don't think Loud was as bad as people thought. They were one-dimensional, but they were pretty good at the one dimension they had. Um, meanwhile, Cloud9... They were really carried through playoffs by Berserker's performance on these hyper carries. Now, the meta is shifting. And yes, they do have carry potential uh, out of the jungle and out of their top lane as well. But I would think that Fnatic, at least, this is probably a 50-50 for me. And so for Fnatic to be at 2.209 odds is is like really, it, it shifted a little since I put the numbers in below, guys. But it's really like too good to pass up, in my opinion. Um, you, you have any thoughts about Cloud9 or Fnatic in this matchup? I mean, the real problem is Cloud9, even the way they won LCS, wasn't like super duper convincing. Like right. it, the joke is it's almost like everyone else imploded into them in like old <laughs> TSM Bjergsen fashion, isn't it? And just Jensen got to be the recipient of that this time. So I feel like they are might be, I think actually Cloud9 might be a bit of a paper tiger at this tournament. I think they yeah. might just not do anything. And quite frankly, as much as people want to trash on Fnatic, the one reason why they did get in the playoffs, why they were able to go to third place, why they're at Worlds, is because they just have players that can just win up and just snap they can just go off in the game and win it so if you think about the odds that you're getting for Fnatic there they're basically like what a coin flip to win the game yep and that's actually the sort of odds they're giving you like why not also humanoid has looked way better at worlds and in playoffs uh he's really powerful. and up. you said you were saying earlier you thought there won't be many mid bands well then he's gonna have his pick of whatever he wants isn't he yep so we'll put a thousand on there just because it's 2.2 yes um that feels like something we can get good value in something we can get good value in uh, the next one we're going to take a look at is, again, I haven't seen this team. I haven't seen this team play, but I refuse to believe that the odds between 100 Thieves and Flying Oyster are 1.45 to 2.721 for Flying Oyster. Like, these are incredibly good, good odds. PCS teams have routinely done well at international tournaments. 
Um, this yes. is a new roster, so there's always the chance that they choke and collapse on an international stage, right? But at 2.7, for two teams that have never played each other, it's a new meta where 100 Thieves is probably going to have some issues scouting them at the very least. And 100 Thieves is also a very one-dimensional team. They're a very one-dimensional team. How are they going to do in a meta where Closer is going to be on farming junglers when typically they have succeeded with him being more active on the map early? I don't know. It doesn't feel like it's going to be great for 100 Thieves overall. And I looked it up. Here's the. I'll even flip the angle that you were saying, like, like the, the whole thing of like, oh, no one knows them. Yeah, that's the whole thing as well. No one watches PCS. So when I looked it up, three of their players on that team were in the all pro team, the first team. Yeah. So in theory, these are also maybe the next generation of really good players from that area. And as we've seen from the years, it isn't just the old Flash Wolves players. There was people in those teams the last couple of years who still were legit and could still play. So yeah, I think if anything, they're the obvious sleeper because no one watches their region, but they have always produced quality players yeah and they tend to do, and also there's the other factor too which is that when we consider the world's meta the asian teams are going to have a large advantage coming in because they just frankly had better scrim partners all focused in asia uh during that time period right they were all scrimming with each other whereas na only had na europe only had europe until they actually arrived here in the states so this is a good opportunity to uh potentially have that upset. And again, with the odds, even if they are underdogs, even if you think like Flying Oyster probably only has a 40% chance to win, these odds do not reflect that. Like 2.7 is crazy. And we're going for a strategy here where only really, you know, one or two of these has to has to pay yes. off in order for us to, to be come out on top, right? Continuing on this trend, uh, DRX coming into the next one. So DRX, uh, that's rogue. Let me alter this really quick. It should not. Excuse me. They are eliminated. <laughs> they are, in fact, eliminated. Um, DRX versus rogue. Um, this is another game where DRX is at 6.15 and rogue is at 2.293. Now, <laughs> DRX... I think probably has a good odds here versus Rogue. I guess I need to see something from Malrong that makes me believe that he's going to be good in a farming meta. And I don't think that they're going to give him Hecarim or champions that Malrong has been good on in the past. So as much as I would like to think that Rogue is getting value here, the fact that DRX is at 6.615 and they are a very stable team. Like, they're one-dimensional, but they're good at that one dimension. And I'm not sure Rogue is good enough to defeat DRX in a standard metagame. Especially when you add in, like, obviously, the strongest point of DRX is the ADC as well. So it's not like you can just play hard to fucking bot and smash like they did in, in the G2 match in the finals, right? So, and also, Larson's more of a farm mid, like, just going to farm. Yeah, the real problem is... Malran can't, like, if he does just try to force Mal, like, Jarvan picks all the time, it's probably going to go really badly for him in this matter. Yeah, and you might think, well, Pioshik was performing badly. I think Juhan will be put in, and Juhan was looking a lot better. And DRX is a team that can catch throws. And it's not like, oh, Odo Omne is going to have an incredible performance against Kingen. We could see very easily just see tank matchups in the top side. If they're going to opt into what appears to be a standard game in this meta with farming junglers. You can play the, the strong side tops, but I think in this case you play the tank tops with, with King and Odo Omne. Um, 
Zeka's going to get his pick of what he what he chooses. Probably so will Larson. Like they'll get strong champions for themselves. Uh, I just think DRX is going to be better at that style. And also, they are considerably deadlier in the bot lane. You have to ban the Callista against them. Deft is is and has been for many years an absolutely elite tier 80 carry. You saw what happened to Mad Lions when they gave them an opening in the game where Mad Lions was really dominating them early. I think the six, the, the 1.6 odds for DRX feel really, really good here. The other reason this isn't the time to take the rogue flyer is because actually the rogue odds aren't that crazy because obviously there's yeah. one Europe, et cetera, whatever. If you look elsewhere, like Amonty says, because there's all these games up, there are so many war like Western versus Asian teams where the odds are crazy. So yeah. if we're going to take a flyer, we take one of those instead, of course. Yeah, the favorite odds at 1.6 feel good. If rogue was like a three, I would consider rogue, exactly. right? Uh, that, that feels more like the imbalance that you would want yes. in this situation. But DRX is definitely more of a known quantity right now. So we'll put 1,500 onto, onto DRX. At least this is one that we're not making sight unseen. And I think we can kind of speculate as to how Rogue will look and question whether Malrung is going to be the best jungler in this meta. Also Yankos to, to a, a lesser degree. Um, the final one that I that I picked here is another chance at a big upset. It is JDG versus Damwon. And Damwon has been rocky, right? They looked pretty janky. Their chalk calling is not super good, uh, at least in the in the playoffs and in the lead into the playoffs. But then they did a very good job of getting through the regional qualifiers and looked like a team that we would want to see. And then on top of that, this meta is so good for, for Damwon. It is just ridiculously good for Damwon. Yeah, there was some question as to whether it was going to be Birdall or Nuggery. Nuggery wasn't looking very good. But, I mean, farming junglers, this is going to be fucking banger for, for Canyon. Uh, Showmaker's going to have his pick of mid-champions because, again, we're not seeing that many yep. yeah, mid-bands. You can play weak side bot lane now if you want. That's certainly an option. They also have crazy strategies and incredibly deep champion pools. And if Nuggery's in form, or Birdall looked pretty good, honestly. Birdall also looked pretty good. Um, yeah. this, is, this is a team that can do some real damage in this meta. And not to say that uh, JDG is also not going to be good in this meta. Obviously, Kanavi is a premier farming jungler just like canyon is but there's no way you're going to convince me that in this meta these odds should be this great and the other thing is that dom one is always going to have some tricks they're always going to have some tricks up their sleeve and it's a best of one so they only have to fool you one time in order to for that to work sometimes they fool themselves it has to be said sometimes they fool themselves but in this matchup it's the first time these two teams are going to be facing i assume dom one's going to have some tricks to use against jdg i would uh if i were them if you can blindside them coming out immediately and maybe they fuck it up the players have fucked up their compositions they fucked up the heimerdinger composition in game five versus t1 that was actually a very good draft they probably should have gone to the finals instead of t1 but it's just got to work that one time and i, I think could also argue on the jdg side they can fuck up too i know they're yeah. the champions of the lpl but remember when jing dong went last time they weren't as good as people thought they would be also they've got that bot lane which is like they're not the that's the other thing you can tell the people who don't watch the lpl it's not the same bot lane from years ago you idiots like there's just players now so yeah there's players there who could easily just be the choker we were talking about this on um missing could be obviously the daddy award winner so yeah. you've got to open the door for these possibilities uh, and it's just the 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 two point five odds on Dom One are just too juicy here in a best yes. of one. 
And Dom One's a team, you have to remember that JDG is definitely one of the favorites for the World Championship. But in this meta, Dom One could absolutely challenge for the title. Like Dom One is definitely like a dark horse right now. They're not one of the favorites. But if they come out looking spectacular and Canyon is just dominating in these farming jungles and Showmaker's playing that more supportive role we've seen, their bot lane finally gets their shit together and Nuggery's on fire, like that team can win Worlds. Like at their peak, they can win. So... Sight unseen again. Uh, we will we will take a small flyer here, and we'll go ahead and another, put another thousand on this one for Dom One Kia. Um, because the odds are just the odds are just too good. Um, there's also, I mean, there as you scroll through this list, you're going to see quite a few, I would say, interesting odds. Like for example, RNG versus Flying Oyster. Flying Oyster is at six point two eight zero. That feels like that could be a trap game for, for Royals. another team up. that can lose. Yeah, for <laughs> um, sure. Especially, they only have to lose one out of six times. Right. G2 is at almost four against JDG. Yep. That, is, a, that is another team. And I said this on Summoning Insight, but my hot take is that JDG may not make it out of groups. Not because they're not one of the best teams in the world, but when you are in a best of one groups with Dom1 and G2, both of these teams will do wacky shit, and they're going to be completely different from each other. Yes. And I don't have a lot of confidence in Yankos, but it only takes, in this meta, but it only takes one claps game for G2 to just completely style all over your face and do super well, right? Which is people are going to get sad. For me, the strength of JDG is Kanavi and Yigao combined. Individually, yeah. Caps might actually be better than Yigao. That's not hitting on anyone. So if at any time you can take the underdog with the better mid laner, <laughs> And he's a carry mid laner, dude. I, I like that. I like that angle. I mean, they're they're also they're all look. G two also can play away from some of their weaknesses in the bot lane. Like Flacken hasn't been amazing, but if you don't ban Senna or and Seraphine against G two, they'll just weak side bullshit you all day, and that's when they've looked their strongest. Um, they can play into uh, broken blade and caps. There's, I think there's questions. Like, Yagao had a spectacular playoffs, but the, the meta champion pool has changed a little bit, and will Yagao be as good? Hope also had a spectacular playoffs in terms of team fighting. It wasn't his laning that was otherworldly. It was a lot of his team fighting on Zeri. Is that going to translate to playing a, a great Worlds? Um, you know, I wouldn't say Yagao and Hope are the absolute star players of the LPL, and there could be some pretty big angles for them to choke in there, especially Yagao versus Caps. Like that, that's something that you 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 should think could go wrong. So we're gonna take a look at uh, I think some of these later games. We're holding off on our predictions for the moment on these because we'll have a much better age of team strengths, obviously, as we see them for the first time on the patch. But those are just some of the ones where uh, you could see some good returns. And, uh, you know, obviously, as more games are played, those odds are going to normalize and make a little bit more sense because some of these teams are going to be much more informed and some are going to be much less informed than we might have thought uh, as we head through the first round, Robin. Um, as for other outright odds, um, I assume they're going to put up the like outright winners of each of the groups at some point in time. Probably haven't done that yet just because the, the groups were picked relatively recently or finalized relatively recently after RNG won their series. So that's another thing to look out in terms of outright if you want to just look at the group stages as well. But there's tons of other of those crazy outright ones if you guys want to do some, some weird stuff. 
yeah, that'll that'll do it. We'll be back for another competitive edge after the first round robin. So we'll look at the second 24 games for you guys. And then uh, we'll also be, of course, uh, under the new brand at that point in time. So we are changing the brand of Insight on Esports. And if uh, you guys see a new name on the channels, don't be afraid. That's just our, our new brand. So we will go ahead and see you next week. Till then. <laughs>